उटलुक markets in the year ahead good morning thank you for having me here um in 2020 as we enter the year we're not entering one with a clear runway for growth mm. um if you see consensus estimates for the year fy 20 fy 20 mm. or 21 mm. they're in the range of uh, anywhere between 19 to maybe 20% mm. and we ended this year or with uh, probably flattish kind of revenue growth mm. uh, growth only in select sectors mm. and therefore there is some risk to those consensus estimates mm. on the economic front domestically things are starting to look up just a little bit the second half should be like slightly better than the first half mm. but again that said um it's the data is broadly mixed um a scenario where you have low growth but not recession mm. is not necessarily bad for the markets right. so effectively what you could look at is a headline which index which may not move a whole lot mm. but a lot of select stocks mm. that will that will once again uh, lead the market mm, right uh, in 19 uh, there was a lot of volatility uh, beginning of the year because of the political uh, you know scenario in the country there was election there were a lot of state elections you expect this kind of volatility in the stock markets in 20 see when you're entering a year with mm. all relatively high as earnings estimates already mm. and a macroeconomic situation that is not uh suggesting a clear runway for growth right. then yes there will be volatility mm. and bear in mind volatility does not have to be only due to domestic factors right. it can also be due to global factors mm. uh as you know in the last few months the market's been driven significantly by foreign inflows mm. which in turn were led by the uh US Fed cutting rates now obviously all of these factors will continue to play out you mm. could have bouts of volatility mm. both moves up and down mm. um but yeah for a fundamental rally you need earnings growth mm. and the visibility of that is not yet that clear right so what about the smaller stocks the mid cap and the small caps did not participate in the rally in 19 at all so what do you think about the smaller stocks you know actually in the last couple of months the rally has broadened a little bit mm. um just before uh you know let's say around september time frame we had only about 10 stocks in the nifty mm. that were trading above the historical valuations mm. now that is brought into closer to maybe 15 to 20 stocks mm. similarly the mid cap index as a whole mm. which was trading close to about one standard deviation below its historical average right. has now moved close to its historical average mm. so the broadening of the market is already happening mm. but i'd caution against expecting this broadening to become widespread right. and that's simply because Uh, as I was mentioning to you earlier growth is scarce mm. and some companies or select few companies in each sector are grabbing those growth opportunities better than the others mm. so in, in scenarios where a company is a market leader or is gaining market share mm. and probably also margins those sort of companies will do well it could very well be in the mid cap space i mean after all there are some very quality companies in both the mid and small cap areas right but are, you are not expecting a robust rally in uh, small and the mid caps like we saw in 
Well, you need two conditions for that to right. happen. One is either you have uh, significant earnings upgrades across the market mm -hmm. so that various stocks, um, companies that are not necessarily leaders also can participate in the rally mm -hmm. or you need significant inflows. Mm -hmm. now, significant inflows are tied to how central banks behave. Right. Um, as a house, we think the Fed will cut rates twice more mm -hmm. to till June. And we also expect other central banks to be accommodative. Such a scenario is generally okay for for inflows and hence mid and small cap stocks. But I think investors will be wary about putting money just about any stock there is. So right. I think it will be a cautious, measured approach and very much a stock-driven approach. Right. Uh, since you mentioned the foreign liquidity, uh, in 19, towards the end of the year, there was a lot of money coming from the foreign investors. You expect this trend to continue in 2020? Well, <clears throat> um, I think inflows are led, uh, are actually dependent on how the Fed behaves, as I mentioned. Mm. Um, we've had uh, some cuts already. I guess you probably will have another two cuts. However, with each incremental cut, mm. the impact of flows could become smaller. Okay. Now, the other point to keep in mind is as we, um, you know, we as a house expected the Fed to cut thrice more, mm. but it, uh, US data is actually turning out to be slightly better than expected. Mm. And that, um, you know, growth is slowing, but the data as a whole is not being so bad. Mm. Uh, that could prevent the Fed from cutting wholesale. You know, the, mm. the, the, the kind of view that we took earlier was based on the fact that the Fed would look at obviously data which, was, which would be worsening a lot faster than we expected right. and that has not happened. Mm. So as a result, um, you know, and when you cut lesser than expected, mm. inflows also are lesser yeah, than expected mm. and as a result, um, you know, the, uh, the market as a whole may not go up as much as we would have thought. Right. Uh, you know, as we head towards 2020, if I have to simplify and ask you, what are the big trends that you would be expecting in the year ahead? What would those be? Yeah, we could go um, kind of sector by sector in some mm. ways, at least the broad sectors. Mm. If we look at consumer staples today, mm. um, growth has obviously slowed down quite a bit. Now we're looking at volume growths of you know, low single digits maybe. Mm. And given um, uh, the latest round of checks that we've done, it does appear that that sort of growth may be here to stay. Maybe slight improvement in the second half of mm -hmm. the year, mm -hmm. but bear in mind the consumer now has to pay more for telecom services, for mm -hmm. example. That's right. a, a maybe about $7 billion drain mm -hmm. on the end consumer. Mm -hmm. And that could in turn affect consumer staples to an extent. Mm -hmm. So I'd say broadly a stable situation for consumer staples mm -hmm. from where they are, maybe slightly worse off than expected. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, consumer discretionary is still struggling. I mean, again, our latest uh, industry meetings and checks suggest that the latest um, the, the festive season uptick that we saw mm. uh, may have been influenced a lot by incentives. Mm. Now, with those incentives being taken away uh, gradually, mm. you'll start to see volume growth also getting impacted according. So net-net, I would say uh, for discretionaries, especially autos, mm. the scenario is not really improved quite a bit. Mm. But the sweet spot seems to be somewhere in between where the consumer who's probably who thought of buying a car or a bike earlier has decided to save that money and instead mm. probably spend it on smaller ticket items. So you could see the sweet spot being in the premium staples area. So let's say cakes mm. or clothes mm. or cell phones, mm. uh, that sort of a thing could, could continue to see uptick. So mm. that's on the consumer side. Mm. Now if you kind of expand that a little bit and bring in uh, financials. Now financials is a space where we see continued stress, especially outside the mm. banking area, mm. uh, talking about NBFCs yes. or, or smaller banks, or probably even um, 
in the in the uh, small and medium enterprises area. Well, what that would mean, though, and with twenty five percent of the yeah. uh, of the market that's led by PSUs yeah. uh, merging at the moment, and then they not probably would not exactly be lending in a big way. Yeah. Uh, that leaves the door open, literally, yeah. for private banks. Yeah. And you have select few private banks, six or seven of them. Could continue to gain significant market share. Mm. Uh, that could be the scenario in financials, and those companies actually form the bulk of the Nifty too. Right. So I would say if financials, including insurance, have still a pretty strong year going forward, mm. and if you sp spread that out to to other sectors, in telcos again, it would become very company specific. Right. If you take technology for example, <clears throat> the basic trend is of corporates uh, digitizing and 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 and. Uh, and uh, Adopting automation mm. quite significantly, and Indian companies have done pretty good, pretty mm. well at that. Mm. Now, having said that, they are still dependent on developed markets, right. and developed markets are slowing. So, mm. you could see an impact there. The wild card in all of this could be the rupee, and I say that because uh, government finances at the moment, mm. you know, are under stress, mm. and there is significant doubt still on how they're going to manage their budget fiscal. expectation and the yeah. fisc. Mm. Now, if they were to miss on the fisc, which mm. we think is a likely scenario. Mm. Then IT could still do well. So yeah. there are a lot of variables clearly to right. watch. But broadly, as you can see, mm. what I've been trying to tell you throughout is yes. that the headline may or may not move a whole lot, mm. but you will see a select few stocks in each sector do well, mm. and they may or may not be the same stocks that did well in 2019. There right. will be some rotation there. Right. Uh, but the pain point of stock markets in 19 was the banks, as you mentioned, and the NBFCs. A lot of liquidity crisis, which started in 18 and kind of spilled over in 19. You see that liquidity crisis kind of continuing in 20 as well. Good for a while. Um. See, 2020. Again, you have 12 months to solve mm. these kind of problems out. Mm -hmm. Um. The government has stepped in. The RBI has stepped in. Mm. And in some ways, the uh, natural process of ring fencing. Uh, stressed lenders or corporates has already been happening. Mm. So I would assume that as we go into 2020, somewhere in the middle of 2020 or even a little later, we would probably be able to sort the problem out. Right. And after all, if you see PSU banks, which are quite stressed uh, the mm. last couple of years, have broadly been able to contain their their NPAs. Mm. And in fact, those NPAs may have actually peaked, and they're they're probably improving on those areas right, right now. So you could look at them lending. Right. And once you have a new avenue for lending, uh, then. In general, credit as a whole starts to pick up, mm. and growth solves a lot of problems mm -hmm. uh, that we have to acknowledge. So even right. slight improvement in growth may help solve the problem. Yeah. I'm not very concerned about um, what what you mentioned because I think that over time we will solve the problem. Right. I understand earnings will uh, take up you know cue from the economic growth, uh, but besides the crude and the rupee and the currency, uh, do you see a actual uh, revival in earnings? I understand corporate tax cut would actually benefit few companies, but would there be a real revival? So uh, we will see some revival. After all, that's what's in the consensus estimates. My yeah. fear is not not whether there will be a revival. I do think there will be a mild recovery in the second half of this year, and that will spill over into mm -hmm. next year. But the the big fear that I have is whether consensus estimates are too aggressive about that already, mm. and that is my bigger concern. So you will see. Um, you But know, that's always the case when we, I mean, when we begin the fiscal year, we have very aggressive, uh, you know, targets, yes. and then we kind of slow down. It is always the case, and it wouldn't be a worry if uh, valuations were cheap. Mm. But today, the headline valuation is actually above average levels. It's probably close to a standard deviation above its average mm -hmm. level. That usually calls for caution on the headline, right. and that's my my bigger worry is that uh, you know valuations are high and consensus estimates are high, mm. 
and and the the economic recovery that we think will happen mm. may not be as much as those estimates imply right last one question i want to squeeze in about the valuations how does india stack up uh, you know among its uh, you know emerging markets peers according to you in terms of valuations well as things stand um, indian valuations are slightly higher than uh, where they should be relative to the peers mm. there are many emerging markets today um, where which you are not seeing earnings downgrades in mm. fact in some cases we've seen earnings upgrades in the last uh, you know few months or mm. so and those markets are trading fairly close to their average valuations right. whereas india is above average so i'd say that even on a relative basis india is probably slightly more expensive than it needs to be mm. okay on that note abhiram thanks a lot for joining us and giving us all the details for stock markets in 2020 So Abhiram expects that there are a lot of challenges and risk involved for the stock markets in 2020. However, it's all not all bad as we head ahead for the markets. Rupee, of course, will play a very critical part as far as the earnings go for the mark for the companies in the year ahead. We'll keep an eye on that. That's all for now. For more details and updates, stay tuned. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.